Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. While all of us would be keen in principle to buy only Irish produce, in practice it's a little bit more tricky. Every September the artist Lisa Fingleton presents a challenge to people to eat only Irish produce for the month of September. Lisa, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Sean. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. Now, is September... You've chosen, would I be right in this, you've chosen September in that it's relatively easy to eat more, or there's at least there's more Irish produce available during that month. Absolutely. Like Ireland is, or not Ireland, September is a really good month for Irish farms and Irish growers because we have like apples and honey from the hives and lots of vegetables growing, courgettes, cucumbers, sometimes people have raspberries. Yeah, there's, there's quite a lot in the garden at this time of the year. Right. OK. And so now if you're sourcing those things and there's a farmer's market, etc. Uh, and nearby, I suppose it's relatively easy. If you live in a big urban area and you're, you know, you have to rock into Tesco or wherever to buy your produce, are all those things clearly marked? Oh, Sean, I'll tell you now, it's it's really funny. It's got, I think it's got harder. I, I started the 30-Day Food Challenge six years ago, and I think the labelling has got a bit trickier for people because people keep saying to me, go in supermarkets and it says produced in Ireland, but it's rice or it's orange juice or, you know, it's things that just don't grow in Ireland. So what does that mean? And and you're absolutely right. You know, the, the labelling is a problem because it, things marked, you know, produced in Ireland don't necessarily mean that they're actually grown here or that there's in, they're from farms here. It just means that they were processed here and that some of the profit was added here. So, yeah, it, 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 <laughs> the challenge really is a challenge. Uh, yeah. But so that can mean like if it's, say, rice, it was made obviously outside Ireland, but it was maybe put in a bag here. Yeah, and, and that people added profit to make something. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that I suppose this challenge is specifically about supporting farmers and growers who are growing food in Ireland. So it's not to say that there's anything wrong with anything else. But I suppose I grew up on a farm. I'm an organic grower now. And over the years, I've just been really concerned by the lack of food growing in our fields, like only 1% of Irish farms grow vegetables. So if your listeners are looking out in fields, whether they're going to and from work on buses or cars, just have a look and see what's what's growing in the fields around us. Or even just open your fridge and see what's in your fridge that's actually from fields. Like I feel like we've moved more from fields to factories in our food. And I just think that's a shame. Mm. Now, so at, at this time of the year, what kind of vegetables would be readily available that were produced in Ireland? Well, if I look out here, I'm looking into my garden, I have um, aubergines, fantastic crop of tomatoes, lots of bean, lots of peas. So a lot of vegan people and vegetarians would say to me, well, what can I eat? And actually, we grow beans and, and everything like that very well here in Ireland. We have a ton of courgettes that are clogging up the kitchen, um, courgettes, onions, garlic, potatoes. Uh, we get potatoes from from a neighbour, um, carrots, parsnips. It's it's a good time in the garden. Yeah. We also have gr- ballybunion grapes now, Sean. So if you're down this way, I might just give you a taste. Right. Ballybunion grapes. Ballybunion grapes. You see, the thing about it is we have the most fantastic climate in the world and we're always given out about the rain. But I think in terms of climate change, when you look what's happening over Europe and even in China at the minute, um, people are crying out for rain. And I know we, <laughs> we complain about it. But we need that to grow food. And we have amazing soil here in Ireland and a really moderate climate. So, yeah, in polytunnels, we can grow pretty much everything. Like my dad grows nectarines and peaches in Stradbally, you know. Right. OK. I didn't know that. And, and what colour grapes are they that they grow? They are a beautiful dark grape, a sort of a, yeah, a dark grape. Yeah. Right. They're okay. delicious. 
That's very interesting. And you mentioned tomatoes, and, and you know, I suppose not always, even tomatoes people might not always uh, necessarily associate being produced in Ireland, and an awful lot of tomatoes in your supermarket were not produced in Ireland, I think it's probably fair to say. No, absolutely. And I think it's just, I suppose I'm doing a project as well at the minute with farmers in Dingle. So it's um, one of the Creative Creative Ireland funded these projects, Creative Ireland Action Project, Climate Action Projects. And I'm working with these amazing farmers who are just so frustrated. They're like, why are restaurants saying things are local when it's been brought in from avocados from the Amazon? Or why, you know, they're just like, we really need, it's, it is it is a crisis. You know, we have like a food security crisis in the world in terms of climate and also the war in Ukraine. And I just think this is a really simple thing that people can do just to start looking at their ingredients and saying, if we want our next generation of children in Ireland to grow up eating vegetables and fruit, we cannot have all our fruit and vegetable growers going out of business. Right. We but, have to support them. No, of course. And everybody, I think, would uh, would support that. Now, the yeah. thing is, I suppose, is that when the, the, the vegetables and the fruit is pretty straightforward, if you want to have a cup of coffee in September, is that it? Tough? Oh, Sean, it's so funny. Everybody asks me that, but it's actually only a food challenge. I love tea and <laughs> coffee, wine and beer. So that's why they're not included. It's literally just a food challenge. So if you want to live on coffee for the month, you can. <laughs> right. OK, that's fair enough. You're, 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 being, you're being quite generous there in that respect. <laughs> Uh, would you miss out on all the great food <laughs> yeah, yeah well you would but but also sugar uh, um, well, people of an age will remember when we used to refine sugar in this country but we don't anymore you're absolutely right and I think that's what the food challenge does it actually makes people ask questions so like I didn't realise if you look at the shukra bags that says shukra in Irish on the packet they're actually produced by a multinational you know Nordzucker the last time I looked so more and more, these food products like HB ice cream is Unilever now. And there's a tiny group of multinationals that actually control pretty much all the food in the world. And what we can do as consumers is rather than getting overwhelmed by all this and thinking, oh, my God, it's all a mess and it's all a crisis, by actually taking back the power. You know, there's a great quote that says every euro you spend tells the world how you want it to be. And no matter whether you've got one euro or 20 euros, if you go out and you hand that money to a farmer in a farmer's market, you are instantly changing the lives of those rural communities and farmers. And you're making a difference. I really believe that. So if, you know, you have a bit of a sweet tooth, is there an alternative to to buying sugar? This is the hardest thing. And you know something? Every year I want to give this up. And Ellie O'Byrne, who is um, an amazing, amazing woman, she every year she motivates me to do it again. And she's doing this talk tomorrow. She's hosting this talk tomorrow at the Crawford Art Gallery. And I'm like, Ellie, please (laughs) let me give it up because it's sugar kills me. I love sweet things. So what I do is I make we have our we have honey here for the very first time. We have our first um, hive. And what I'll do is I'll make um, little, you know, like flapjacks with honey and oats and I also have my grapes and you look at apples dipped in honey are lovely or fruit so yeah sugar is sugar is hard but you know Sean what it's made me realize is how addicted we all are to sugar and how addicted we all are to wheat Mm. like all of our wheat is imported and Ireland we spend millions a year on pizza nothing wrong with it but it's it's all going out of the country it's not supporting Irish farms and farmers and uh, I think when we look at the struggle that Irish farmers are having at the minute we really can actually change things by just changing what we're eating it's amazing how quickly it changes oh wheat as well I hadn't thought of wheat so not just pizza like a slice of toast in the morning oh 100% like I did 
gone. Yeah. <laughs> you can make um, porridge bread. Like I did a project a few months ago with Leash County Council um, called the Port Leash Pizza, where I made a pizza from um, from oat and oat base, you know, and all the ingredients came from around Port Leash town. And I milked a goat in Port Leash and we had the cheese. But it's just to raise awareness that, mm. you know, like, uh, yeah, all of our all of our wheat is imported. Yeah. That we make bread and we make uh, pizza bases out of. Yeah. Okay. So. You know, I like a slice of toast for me, Brecky. I'll be like a rat bag for the day if I don't get that. So what's the alternative? <laughs> well, you can, you can go for really healthy options. Look at, I don't know if you've ever made oat bread. It's lovely. Yeah, I think I've tasted it and it is nice, yeah. It is gorgeous. Yeah. And then, like, oats are really versatile. So you can have your lovely honey, your apples with your oats. And then, if it, like, before, Sean, I, and I probably still will do it pretty much to the rule, but I would do the 30 days only eating food from the Ireland of Ireland, which is really hard. Mm. But this year, just to involve more people, if people could do even one meal a day, so their breakfast, maybe, like, it's coming back to school season, so maybe make the porridge instead of having the expensive, because they're much more expensive cereals. And then for your dinner, like, you know, you can have like potatoes we've tons of them and they're in season so roast veg baked spuds lots of salads in season you know lots of soups and it's I think what people find is that it's actually cheaper now of course we're all time poor of running around chasing our tails but actually when people do the food challenge and prepare in advance they find they actually save a lot of money and they're mm. eating so much better and they feel better on it because they're not eating processed stuff are raspberries produced in Ireland Totally. Yes, oh, they are yes. produced in Ireland and you can get a late crop raspberry that is just delicious. But again, I suppose if you look at it, I think there were 10 broccoli growers in Ireland a few years ago and that's gone down. There's less parsnip growers like these people are struggling because when you go into supermarkets and people see this low cost food or below cost food. So if you have like a 49 cent, we won't mention any, but if you have a 49 cent or a 20 cent bag of carrots, just have a think about how could anybody how could anybody sustain a family or a community on 40 cent carrots? Mm-hmm. And it always ends up costing you more because you go in to get the 40 cent carrots and you end up coming out with a hoover, you know? Yeah. So it, it's false savings. But I think even if, if all it did, if all it did was make people realise that, you know, nobody can compete with that. And what's going to happen is we're all thinking, oh, it's great, we're getting this cheap food. But there's no such thing as cheap food. Somebody somewhere is paying the price, yeah. whether it's, the trees in the Amazon are, you know, people in Africa who are being paid below minimum wage to produce food. So I think we can really make a difference here in Ireland. Now, you mentioned the avocado. Obviously, that's a total no-no. That's coming from halfway around the world. Are there other things we should look out for that are total no-nos? Well, you look at everything that's imported, um, oranges, chocolate, rice pasta so you're talking about substituting all those things but but what I find is people didn't people say to me I didn't realize how much my diet had changed like if I look at I grew up in the midlands and we ate from the garden we had our own meat we had our own veg we had our own everything and we just ate from Ireland without thinking of it now I'm not a dinosaur I'm not that old so that's a huge shift in a couple of like what a generation or two yeah so you know like you probably did the same you probably ate a lot from from Ireland as well yeah yeah, it's not, but I suppose our, our our diet has changed. It's become slightly more international. And you mentioned pasta, and I, I imagine people around the country are going, "Ah, oh, no, not pasta. I have to have my pasta because <laughs> that's a pretty, that's a staple now in Irish diets, really." It is a staple, but then you know you also look at our dependence on it and the amount of people who are becoming gluten free and intolerant to wheat. So actually, the thirty day yeah. food challenge is it actually cleans up your diet a lot because you're eating fresh seasonal food. And people always say to me they can't believe how good they feel in it. 
Yeah. Do you know, it's 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 actually amazing. And I and I do think it is an opportunity to really think global and think about what's going on in the world and what simple things can I do. And it also starts conversations, you know, like I remember the first year we did it, uh, we didn't have grapes and a neighbor here in Ballybunion turned up with grapes in the yard, like and I was having these sugar cravings and I just thought, what a dose. So it actually people are doing like maybe you could have a little like on a Friday night, bring over friends and see who can cook the best meal every Friday night out of local food. You can have great crack with it. Bring yeah. your children for picnics. Go picking hazelnuts in the woods. Like there's fantastic parks in our cities. Hazelnuts, go picking blackberries. All those things that we all did as children. It's only just a generation away. And I think it costs nothing. And families that would say to me, like, they just love it. And the children start appreciating you know, being able to pick food. Yeah. You know, now, it's, it seems as if in Cork it's all right. Someone says the English, uh, someone's texting to say the English market, uh, which many people will know, sells only locally grown vegetables. They have loads right now. Potatoes, broccoli, kale, onion, celery, beetroot, apples, all produced within 50 kilometres of the city centre. Uh, so that's good for, uh, yeah. that's good for Cork City. Uh, she had me until sugar. I just couldn't go without <laughs> the sugar for cakes. Uh, uh, someone else says Odlum's flour Bachelor's baked beans Jacob's biscuits to name but a few so-called Irish brands are now owned by an American company Bain Capital which was founded by Mitt Romney that's that's mad isn't it even things like we automatically would assume are Irish aren't Irish anymore yeah and, and you know it's about like it's about a vision for the country in my mind like what do we actually want for Ireland what do we want as a country like today Ukraine Independence Day I was just down at a beautiful event here in Ballybunion and it's just so wonderful to be able to welcome people and you know it's it is when I talk about local it's about being enclosed and looking inwards but it's actually looking outwards because if we can think globally and think about like you said, who do we want to control our food? Who do we want to control our seed banks? It's often the same companies. We need to bring the power back to local communities, local rural communities. Like we had um, Ukrainian friends over on Sunday cooking borscht and cooking pancakes. And every single thing that we used was from our garden. Because they're they're often like have this amazing food tradition where they literally grow what's in season. A lot of my Eastern European friends would will literally eat from their gardens. Mm. So we have that in Ireland too, but we've just maybe lost the run a little bit sometimes, you know, and we've become very pressured with all the prices of everything and trying to keep up. And I just think it's a it's a really nice chance. We do have a Facebook group called the Thirty Day Food Challenge. So if people are struggling to think about what could I eat, if you just join that. Please share your menus, share your ideas, because that helps other people. Like I've had people make me the most amazing ice cream, yogurt, like super stuff. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing, you know. Uh, somebody and else wants it says, it's all vegetarians in my home. Can you actually get Irish avocados, lentils or tofu? No, but you can get other things like, you know, the beans and the pulses really are what vegans and vegetarians need. And we grow those very well in Ireland. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. So lentils, I suppose... It's it's been really interesting to look at it. Um, I remember one year a woman who was vegan did it on the first of September. She started it and she ran a marathon that day, and and she won. She won. It was a half marathon, I think, in Diggle. She won the half marathon Diggle on the thirty day food challenge as a vegan. And um, so look, we can get everything we need from the island of Ireland, but we do need to really seriously start changing the policies. Like there was a few years ago, I don't know if you heard of this, but in Copenhagen, they brought in a rule that everything that was served in schools and hospitals had to be from within a 20 mile radius of the city in Copenhagen and had to be organic. 
Mm-hmm. Like one sweep of a pen and suddenly you have children and sick people eating healthy organic food and you give a job to every person who's in that industry around the city. Like we could do that as a country, you know, change the procurement rules. So we're not always buying the cheapest stuff, but actually providing the best stuff that's making people healthy and well and producing a really sustainable food system in Ireland, you know. Um, so I, I'd written a book about it, the local food project, and it was really interesting to see how people warmed to that, you know. It was like like it was just talking about how we can change the system by just simply what we eat. And should we all eat? Unless you're going to do coffee only for the month of September, of course, in which case you won't be eating. She's been an awful state then. Lisa, <laughs> thanks a million uh, for talking with us today. That was Lisa Fingleton there, uh, as you heard, uh, down in, an artist and uh, um, organic farmer herself down in Ballybunion. Uh, right, so um, somebody else says uh, we're in the midst of a cost of living crisis. She wants us to reject the 50 cent bag of carrots. Come off it. Uh, which I suppose some people may well, or not many people, may well be in that particular position. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.